Okay, welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. I am James Prophet, and I'm this here with... This is the with... greatest show! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> love you, Joe. <laughs> we miss Joe, we miss Josh, we love you both. Uh, I'll um, kind of like Josh. Who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think it's pronounced Josh. Josh. Yeah. They're gonna hit you for that, and then I'm gonna hit you for that. <laughs> Yeshua. Yeshua. <laughs> Yeshua. Love it. So yeah, that's Nick, and love it would be... Hey, it's me, Bill. Hi. Hello. Hi. So, recently you've heard us do the Christmas episode. We've done Bastards of the Universe. Um, we don't have a name for this one yet. It's kind of a last-minute thrown-together thing. Mm. I, I like the name of last-minute thrown-together thing. Yeah. There you go. Let's do it. Like on most of my sex moves. Um, <laughs> the Fast Five. Fast Five. Jeez. <laughs> also the name of one of your sex moves. Uh, which, uh, I want to share something real quick, and you, you can edit this out if you want or whatever. Uh, when we're done here, staying I, in. I need to share something with you um, that definitely became something of I shouldn't like this as much as I do, but I do because I'm a broken, terrible person. Like what you like, Bill. Yeah, well, well don't don't say that just yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so, Spotify Discover Weekly deal, you know, uh, uh-huh. how they do that. So, I'm listening to that because, you know, try to liven things up every once in a while. Sure. So, I'm driving into work and I noticed the name of the song is Skeletor slash Beast Man. Okay. And I'm like, holy shit, this is a song. And it starts out with, like, two different singers, like, doing really awesome but really bad impressions of Skeletor and Beast Man. Okay. And I'm like, this is my new favorite song. And <laughs> then... And then... And then <laughs> it takes... Such an awful turn. <laughs> it's so freaking amazing. And I'm like, Bill, you should not like this song. And I'm like, I can only wait so long before I share this with the guys because this song is freaking great. I'm surprised it didn't show up in the text link or the text chain yet. I I seriously thought about doing it about five times today, and I'm like, no. And I'm like, they're your friends. They're not going to judge you too badly. (laughs) It's it's so good. It's so good. Like, it's awful. Is it from Epic Rap Battles of History? No, it's some... Oh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love that one. I looked up the band, and the rest of their songs are like, oh, I didn't listen to them because the titles alone... It seems okay. like they, they have a, a niche uh, market, which is Understood. really awful songs. Yeah. This one just happened to feature impressions of Skeletor and Beast Man. <laughs> that... Th- this one was their radio single. Oh, my gosh. It's, uh, <laughs> it's so awful. And it's so freaking catchy. It's, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really bad. It's, like... it's so bad, yet it's so very good. Right, right, right. It's like I feel like with every listen, like the gates of heaven close just one inch more. <laughs> Not sure no, of this guy. Yeah, no, I mean, I know his that. name's written down here in the book, but are we sure? He listened to that song like 20 times in one day. No, 
Don't let him I've in. never had to erase a name from the book before, but <laughs> no. to erase a name. Oh, man. <laughs> He's got to do some really good shit to clean that off his plate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I would say there's, there's a completely awful song I've liked for years, too. Um, it I heard it as a wrestling theme song for this group called the Filthy Animals back in WCW. Nice. Yeah. Right. So it had had like half decent to really good wrestlers in the group. They just had this like hip hop theme song. And I thought like, okay, that sounds catchy, but you can't hear anything when like people are cheering and commentators are talking, blah blah blah, right? Sure. Right. So I looked up the song. <laughs> and um, but yeah, nice. yeah. But it's so freaking catchy. Maybe that should be our uh um next tournament where we blindly submit songs that are just awful and not attach our names to them even though they may be easy to guess so so your goal uh, is to get this uh podcast banned to the dark web oh my gosh well yeah because <laughs> there's another song uh from one of the bands i'm going to mention well it's it's the uh, one of my bands tonight the misfits and uh, I'll, I'll mention it when we get to it but their song last caress oh yes no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that no, it's not Misfits? Well, Metallica covered. No, huh. they did. Who was that? I'm screwing that up. Never mind. I got to look that up right now. Okay, oh, I'm think, I'm, no, no, I'm thinking about the other songs. So what? Yes. Okay. Because yeah. I was, yeah, I was the, thinking, yeah. I was thinking. I don't remember that song being that bad. Guys, can we talk about how good Freddy versus Jason is? <laughs> Is that what you're watching right now? Yeah, I have that. I have that on mute. So freaking good. Like they could not have, have made not that movie. I have not seen that since saw it in the theater. Yeah, same. Like, I mean, well, I'm, I've, no, I've watched it a few times since, but it's been a couple years or so. But like, man, yeah. it's so good. Like they could not have done that movie any better. Yeah, cool. Did they try to do a sequel or something to that? There was like know. rumors floating around, and I don't know if it was like real or just like an urban legend rumor of like Freddy versus oh, Jason versus Ash. Right. I don't know how true that would have been, but it ended up being a know. comic book. Right. Right. Yep. Cool. That may have been one of those that like, they kicked it around a little bit and we're like, ah, we're, we're never going to do this. So you yeah, know. it's going to be a licensing hell. Yeah. I imagine. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. All right. Cool. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> Yes. Way to derail the podcast already, Bill. <laughs> right. We didn't get started. We didn't even get started. And James already has to edit out 45 minutes. <laughs> right. Well, I think we already got the first man that means a lot to Bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Being here man, in that... prison, this pan really means a lot to me. <laughs> right, right, right. Where are you in prison was a... listening to this band? <laughs> You know, this song that they wrote about Skeletor and Beast Management. Yeah, the FBI was just trying to figure out who listened to that song so much, and now that you've admitted right. it on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm definitely flagged for that one. <laughs> yeah, so, so this is all James's idea. Well, it's James not my idea. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I stole, completely you stole the idea. idea from James. He didn't get this anywhere else. This is all James's idea. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast I liked the other day, but uh, the two hosts... better we don't plug other podcasts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is the only one. Uh, the two hosts were talking about 
how recently on Twitter, this subject of 10 bands to know me was trending. And the theme was you would have to pick out 10 bands that people would have to, that people could get to know if they wanted to get to know you. And so just kind of looking for an excuse to get together, hang out, kill some time, except for only going to do five bands. <laughs> yeah, because we're old and we can't stay up that late. And then we're going to, I'll pick one song from each band as kind of a representation of just something we liked or why we picked that band, just whatever. That's it. So I'll say that by by setting up those parameters, at first I misunderstood and I when it was like ten bands to know me, I was like, Oh, so we've gotta pick like well with us five. Five songs that explain who we are. And I was like, ah, oh, gosh, that's going to be really hard. And then I read through the texts again. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Five songs, like a song per band that explains why we like that band. It's like, okay, that's yeah. going to be so much easier. <laughs> way, way easier. Like, this is going to be like a full-on psychiatry session. Okay, yeah. no, we're good. That, man. I'm glad we're not doing it that way. That would yeah. definitely take mental energy I don't want to expend tonight. <laughs> right, right. So I'm just curious, like, how, how you guys thought about when you put your list together real quick. Because I put my list together one way, and then on the way home, I kind of completely, I don't say completely changed my list, but I, like, changed parts of my list. And I was like, I'm going to think about it this way a little bit more. Because at first I originally went like, oh, me overall. And I'm like, mm. and I was like including some like bands I still like, but I would consider them more like older bands. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, but then now I'm like, well, I would, if someone's like to know me right now, this would be a good like cross section of bands for people to know me right now. So, so then Witch's Invitation by Carmen is on your list. Okay, duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I kind of I kind of went at it like well, I wanted to originally pick my five bands first before I got yeah. into the songs. And then like I said in the text earlier today, I just had not been able to find the time to do it. So when I finally was able to carve out a little bit of time, I was like, okay, I I need to streamline here. So I picked the band and then I picked the song. And oh, cool. yeah. in doing that, I was I, I didn't pick my favorite songs either, because that's kind of what I first thought. Oh, it's going to be favorite songs. But then I was like, ah, but so many of those are in previous podcasts. So I went more with, OK, what is a song that is a good representation of what this band is like in the Venn diagram of what this band puts out in their music? What yeah. song kind of checks all the boxes? That kind of thing. Okay. So that that's where I went with my selections. All right. For mine, I kind of just thought about some stuff that I enjoy and the kind of reasons why I probably enjoy it. And so I was trying to think, okay, how am I – why do I like this because it relates to me personally or whatever? And so I went with that, and then the songs I picked – kind of vary some might have something to do with a hobby or some might just be a random song i like so there you go i like it yeah excellent typical james make it all about yourself such a narcissist when are we gonna do the all james all the time podcast 
Well, you know, that's the one that we record every other night that we just keep for your own private use, remember? Yeah, that's what I listen to when I go to sleep and when I wake up. <laughs> oh, so that's why you wanted us to send, like, audio clips of us moaning. I get it. My plan was that this would be a quick edit. That is not going to be the case at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're going to be spending so much time. <laughs> okay, so... um. Who wants to go first? Yeah, well, I was just thinking how you guys wanted to do this. Like, do you want to go, like, everybody share their list straight through? Or you want to go one, 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 and then back around, and then one, 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 back around? Yeah, let's do I that. Let's we... go around the horn. Yeah, yeah that way that. nobody's voice is going on too long. All right, James, you start us out. This was your baby. Five bands to know me. Um the band itself, I like. I'm a fan of them. I have a couple of albums, but they're not like one of my favorite bands or anything. However, if you've listened to this podcast, one of the things that you may have heard uh, said, especially from Bill, is that I like a lot of obscure bands to the point where he's said he's wondered before if, like, just to amuse myself, <laughs> I've totally made up band names and songs and just went with it to see if anybody would catch on. Yeah. Never actually done that. Is this another but, fake band? But because of that, I wanted to pick a band with a somewhat strange name that might sound made up. And um, that band I'm going with is The Innocence Mission. Dude, have either of you heard of them? James, Never heard of think? them. You co- totally made that up. I'm, I'm Googling <laughs> them now. <laughs> to see, to see, uh, to see uh, James's GoDaddy website that he just made this afternoon for this <laughs> This man looks a lot like the Breeders, James. <laughs> what are they called again? The Innocence Mission. Oh, I see. Okay, well. Got to scroll to the fifth page on Google before you from see From Lancaster, Pennsylvania, United States. All right, husband and wife. Uh, and, I'm out. Uh, and Michael Bitts. Bright is yellow, green bus, on your side. Here's some other songs. Everything's different now. Lakes of Canada. I remember me. All right. James, you did a really good job populating this this Wikipedia. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I had to take Google, too, to put up that list of songs. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I like a lot of obscure bands, I guess, if you're from this crowd. If you're a music lover who found this podcast, you might know them. <laughs> but, um, so... I like Ethereal Female Singers. Innocence Mission has one. Um, maybe my favorite mood in the world is just when I catch myself feeling like really, really chill and relaxed. Innocence Mission is a really, really chill band. They're, they'd be great to listen to while watching a sunset and just sitting there and doing nothing. Nice. Yeah. And so the song I picked is, in fact, Lakes of Canada, one of the ones Bill mentioned. Nice. And... Uh, the one I why I picked it is we've talked here before about how uh, we do goals together every year. Um, just like I'm trying to do this for a bit. And so the first line of Lakes of Canada is look for me every day. I feel that I could change. And the chorus is don't tell me what cannot be done. So I thought, like, well, that'll be appropriate for the new year. Kind of where my head's at right now, getting this stuff done. So that's why I picked it. Don't tell me not be done. My little man, my 
Excellent. That's a good one. I'll have to give it a listen. Yeah, we should text all these out so we can have a little playlist going because I would like to hear <clears throat> all these songs in their entirety. I assume oh. like we regularly do, did you all make a playlist in YouTube? No, but I will I'll take notes and I'll make one after the podcast. Okay. Cool. So yeah. I was about to say I just did what I normally do and did my five song YouTube playlist. So I could send that out at any point easily. Oh nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Over. yeah. Nick, you wanna I, go next? Sure, I'll go next. So I will go ahead and rip off the Band-Aid and go with the obvious one, which everyone knew I was going to choose, and that would be Foo Fighters. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and get that over with. Um, <laughs> the That made it kind of difficult on me, though, because I did have a, a personal goal of not using a song that I've used before. So hopefully I... I kind of combed through the old youtube playlist and i don't think i saw any of these on there but you know i might be wrong but anyway i chose walk by the food fighters I um see. so bill you may remember this video because it is a reference to falling down oh yeah uh, so it's again i know immediately sorry joe i've started off talking about the video um but this song it it like like a lot of other Foo Fighters songs, it, it kind of it, it it's got build to it. But this song is nothing but build. It starts off kind of slow, like the video shows him sitting in traffic, getting frustrated, and it just builds of him. It like the the day getting worse and him just getting madder and madder and madder, and it's but it's a fun <laughs> listen. It's it's still upbeat even though I get well. Again, the video is about him being frustrated and upset. The song itself is more, if I can find meaning in a Foo Fighters song, which it's kind of difficult because most of the time they're written kind of vaguely on purpose. It, it just sounds to me like it's about taking a new start. So kind of like what you were saying, James, about it being a new year with the song that you chose. This one is about a fresh start, like learning to walk again, like that, like, picking yourself up after getting knocked down after a tragedy, after having a bad time or whatever like that. That's kind of what I get this song to be. Um, but it's, it's really upbeat. It's nothing but build. Like it, it just gets it. Some of their songs will like ebb and flow and like how fast they are, loud they are and just kind of go up and down this one. Mm -hmm. It starts softer and gets louder to the end like the end is the crescendo and that's just that's one thing that just tickles me in in like music is when there's some kind of epic rise in a song um it's got the like scream singing in there which is big to me like i used to be into almost nothing but like screamo scream singing that kind of stuff as I've aged, it's it's kind of like adding salt to your meal. You know, it, it makes the, the song a little bit better, but if it's nothing but salt, then it's just going to – you're going to want to spit it out. So right. it's got just enough of the scream singing in it. It's got just enough of the dirty get electric guitar in it. It's – I mean, again, to reference the video, they're famous for just not taking themselves seriously – 
and the video just kind of takes the piss out of it because it's it's they're goofing around. Dave Grohl gets hit with a taser by the end of the video, and it's just yeah. it's funny. It's it's a really good representation of Foo Fighters as a band. only complaint I would have against it and it's not really even a complaint is that it's it's pretty much the whole song is pretty much all chorus I think there's maybe like two lines of verse in the whole thing and then the rest of it is chorus which is also kind of awesome though because there's a well I can't remember which band it was but there's just a, a, a phrase of don't bore us get to the chorus that's what this song is it's like okay oh, you know funny. We're we're not gonna take take any of this seriously. We're just gonna give people what they want. This is the chorus, the entire song. Um, but it's a great song, and so yep, that's why I chose it. Nice, nice. That's very good. cool. That was great. Yeah. Foo Fighters, by the way. Um, I one of the things Nick and I did a few years ago. Um, when. It was after Nick moved to Lexington. I was just missing Nick, and I was looking for new music. It's one of my things through the year. I wanted to find like 40 new songs I like. I think is what I wrote down. And um, so I texted Nick, think of something we could do. Like, dude, I want to run through all the Foo Fighters albums. Would you do this with me? Yep. And he did. And um, and then Josh joined think, in. Yeah, then Josh joined in about halfway through, I think. And um, mm -hmm. it was like there's so much good music there oh, i yeah. was so glad we did that because like i liked them i had about like probably 30 foo fighters songs i like when i've got like 65 or 70 oh totally because yeah like just it's great it's so good that's one of those things that like and i know we tried to continue on with that with we did mumford and yeah, then right I there think for that it, and then bill joined in for that and I think we maybe had talked about doing another one and it just kind of petered out, but that's, that's one. Yeah. That, I think like, we started trying to, trying to do it for the killers. Yes. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. That, that's one that like, that was so fun. And I would like to do it from the, from your seat, James, of just kind of having a band that like you like, but you want to experience more. Like for me, that would probably be, um, like Smashing Pumpkins. Like, I know their radio songs. That's pretty much it. I've got, like, one of their albums, but that's all I've got. So, yeah. like, that's the kind of thing that, like, it, it, it'd be fun to have a band that you're like, I know I'd probably love this band if I invested more in them. And then just to be able to dive in like we did was really cool. Yeah. I That would actually be a good one for me, too, because I know one album i know some stuff off others but i've never done a deep dive on them the only bad thing about us doing that when we did it was that i always listened to the songs in the car and since i have a terrible memory i always wanted to write down my notes in the car which meant of course i was doing that cardinal sin of texting while driving and i did it a lot so 
A little dangerous. <laughs> Don't text say. and drive, kids. That is as dangerous as drunk driving, they say. Yes, they say. Damn. I must be a really good drunk driver then. <laughs> <laughs> but if you did both at the same time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's the key. Bill, how do you feel about Smashing Pumpkins? Uh, so I I like them, but uh, every time I think about Smashing Pumpkins, I think about this Rolling Stone article that came out like in the early 2000s after Rob Zombie released Hellbilly Deluxe. Okay. <laughs> and the guy who wrote the article like mentioned how, you know, because he's doing the interview on the tour bus or whatever. And he was talking about how Rob Zombie and the band were making fun of Billy Corgan and like commenting that one of the zombies in the original Day of the Dead looked like him. And I know exactly the one they're talking about. It's like the one of the uh, farm like style airline, you know, airport where the guy comes out of the closet and, is, you know, so for some reason that minor bit of useless knowledge forever implanted itself in my head so every time i think of smashing pumpkins that immediately pops into head like rob zombie making fun of billy corgan back in the early <laughs> 2000s <laughs> i think they're great though like i you know i am not an expert at all of their discography but i don't think any of us are <laughs> right <laughs> It's James, being those, the wrestling it, nerd that you are, wasn't Billy Corgan like a part owner of TNA Wrestling at one point? He was for a bit, and he currently owns uh, this federation called NWA that's really fun. It's ah. like a throwback to the 80s. Whoa, that's so weird. Wow. Yeah, so there's like, so it's weird because because Andrea had, you know, several of their CDs back in the day. And on occasion, like, you know, one will make its way in its rotation now. Nice. But... It, yeah. But then there's like where I fall with it is kind of like I either really like their songs or I can't stand them because it just <laughs> seems like 30 minutes of Billy Corgan just like with like wind chimes in the background or it's tonight tonight <laughs> and the song's killer. <laughs> like, <laughs> chimes. <laughs> right. Like even if you get like a what is it like? I have the album. I've had it since I was like 16. Uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, right? The one yes, right, to right. That's the one you I have. Get, okay, you might get a song like Zero, which is like mm -hmm. a total rocker, or 33, which is just grinding guitars and weird and great. Or you might get Starlight to Twilight, which is this very soft mm -hmm. song. Yeah, but that might have wind chimes in it, so <laughs> I, I get it. Don't, don't get me wrong; I like a good wind chime, but yeah, I, I like all the songs I just mentioned. <laughs> but um, oh, I, I get it. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, Bill, we're on to you, man. What is yet another tangent? <laughs> yeah. So this this was tough. So I I'll kind of cheat here. So my original list included Metallica and White Zombie. Uh, and just so I can feel good that I mentioned them, like Metallica, Until It Sleeps, and then White Zombie, Electric Head, Part 1, The Agony, off of Astro Creep 2000. is freaking great. But 
thinking about and like, okay, that's good. And those are definitely formative bands and songs that got me to this point. I'm like, well, if I was going to be like someone to know me right now, whatever. So a good mid ground between those two, that was also my list was the misfits. Okay. Uh, and, and I was thinking about this because I'm in no way an expert of like the division of misfit fans, but I do know there's a large group of people that think if it's not Glenn Danzig, then it's shit. And I'm in the minority where the the lead singer after Danzig was this guy called Michael Graves. And that's when I got into Misfits when he was the singer. And I like and I like both of them. But I like to draw the line and describe it like this. So like Glenn Glenn Danzig was like the dudes in high school who liked Misfits that were cool, but you were also kind of worried that they would kill you. Because they were, like, the big, scary dudes wearing the Misfits t-shirts. Okay. You know, like, you know, and their songs, their songs are a lot more punk and still cool, still awesome. But, like, you know, the, and so Michael Graves, I would classify that as, like, the nerd dork Misfits. So that's the appeal of that. So their songs are more monster and, like, uh... You know, almost there's one album they did, Famous Monsters, and every and it's a great freaking album. The album art is awesome because it's done by uh, this artist named Basil Gogos, who did like a ton of really cool. Well, he did all the artwork for the Famous Monsters magazine back in the day, and his artwork is super cool. Like if you can visualize the artwork from um, Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe, where it's like that comic book, like really saturated colors and everything. Basil Gogos did that artwork, so that's him. Anyways, that's so they cool. do you know, they they've, they do some really cool songs. Like there's a song on, about the crawling eye, which is this really sweet B movie and everything. Uh, they did a song about lost in space and you know zombies and all this stuff. Anyways, the song I picked for them is uh, they did the song. It's the first track on Famous Monsters. Well, technically, it's the second track, but the first one is called Kong at the Gates, which is like this chanting for Kong, as in King Kong, which is freaking great because I love that movie. Uh, not the Peter Jackson one, that's shit, but the rest of them are really cool. But uh, the <laughs> song that, I Peter picked, Jackson. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fucking King Kong skating around in a frozen lake. What the hell was that? Uh, but... The song I picked was Forbidden Zone, and it was Misfits doing a song about the Forbidden Zone, as in the Forbidden Zone in Planet of the Apes. So that's freaking sweet, and I feel like that would be a good band slash good song, because it's just super fun. It's not very long at all, punk rock song about the Forbidden Zone in Planet of the Apes. And I freaking love that movie and it's a great song and it's just fun and yeah, that's it.
Very cool. Round one is in the books. You guys ready to start off round two? Yeah. So Bill mentioned that, you know, um, you almost picked Metallica. Um, Nick mentioned that he had to pick the obvious one to get the Foo Fighters out of the way. I think I should probably pick the obvious one, too. So number two, Michael Bolton. Now, my just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So my number two band is Less Than Jake. Um, My favorite band that still... Ooh. Makes music at a rate more than once every five to six years. Yes. I think they started in the late 90s. I really didn't get into them until 2004. And by that point, I felt like they, I don't know how old they are, but I felt like they were aging at about the same rate that I was aging. <laughs> because they generally sing about maturing and kind of like letting go, getting over this stuff that right about the time I'm hearing the songs, so I'm like, yeah, I'm starting to kind of get past this stuff. Um, so from one of their albums, the song I picked to uh, represent. So yeah, I've uh, I've joked with Seth before that Less Than Jake is like my um, soundtrack to my 30s because I felt like it was very helpful navigating the 30s with them on my radio consistently, and it still works in my 40s too. Uh, but the song I picked for them is called P.S. Shock the World. Uh, it's the last song on an album called In With The Out Crowd. And it's the song that is effectively about saying that um, their art doesn't have to be appreciated. It doesn't have to be relevant. It doesn't have to be um, meaningful even sometimes. But the fact that it has done its job of like keeping them sane, the word that they use, means that it has enough value to keep doing it. And that's kind of it. That's kind of it. We all have our hobbies. We have the stuff that we like. And I like the thought that it doesn't have to have meaning. It just has to keep me going through the next day to do the stuff I got to do the next day for the people I love. And that's enough. That's enough of a meaning for my art to exist. I like um, that. Yeah, right. It's great. It's great. So, um, and of course, they... All right, so if I can, just because Less Than Jake at this point in my life, they're my favorite lyricist. Could I read a verse of lyrics to see if Nick, who doesn't look at lyrics a lot, might appreciate it a little bit. Oh, Absolutely. but of course. All right, so cool. I, okay. need, I need to pay attention now. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. So the first part, before they go into the more, like, art part, um, is it's never been so crystal clear that I've been dying six months a year arguing with strangers about why I'm still here, and no one lets me forget questions about my relevance and I'm starting to believe their arguments, but in my self-defense, it's just my self-destructiveness and always wasting all my breath. And it's still a mystery why I'm doubting all my dreams. But all the things that I say will someday fade away. But the message in these songs has kept me sane all along. It's great. I love listening to Yeah. That's uh, good. Yeah. That is good. Years hit like this and some days I try to replace this person with the same God-given name, whoa, whoa, whoa. Some days I shake till noon, I try to explain to overcrowded rooms. You cross these states, my narrow point of view, but what can I do? It's just my self-destructiveness, and I So, they're my second band, and that's it for me. Uh, Nick, oh, yeah. who's your So, my, if, well... I don't know if I'd say if I had to rank them, but when I when I try to think of like my five favorite bands, 
course, you know, Foo Fighters hit number one with a bullet always. Manchester Orchestra always hits number two for me. Um, as we go down the list, it'll get a little bit murkier of like bands I would move in or out or whatever. But Manchester Orchestra is right there as well. Um, You've had they, them on the list before, correct? I have. I have. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. They are a band that Adam introduced me to um, back when uh, I was living with him in um, Taylor Mill, Covington area. Um, they are – I mean they're not – I'm not going to try and say, oh, they're this underground band that no one knows about. But it's not like they're this big, huge band. It's just a, a little weird to me that they're not because I, I think they're nearly perfect. Like there's there's not been a song of theirs that I've heard that I've been like, ah, you know, I could just do without. But they're also a band that if you listen to their first record and you listen to their most recent record, it doesn't sound like the same band. Like, they kind of evolve a bit with each record. I love that. Yeah. So that's that made it a little difficult to pin down a song that's representative of them because the songs that they're putting out now sound nothing like the songs that they started with. Um, they started a little bit more like screamo, punkish, hard rocky, and now they're kind of more in the realm of... I would say, like, if Modest Mouse and the Killers had a baby, that oh, kind of cool. thing. So the song that I picked was Shake It Out, which was a song that they had put out um, about, let's see, about 12 years ago, maybe. So it's an older one. It's one that, it's got the elements in it. Like, it it starts out, like, kind of rockish and everything, and... It's got a little bit of screaming here and there in it, but it's just kind of like peppered in, kind of like with, with Foo Fighters. It's just peppered in for flavoring. Um, and I'll, I'll go right ahead and reference a video too because I'd never seen the video for this song. And the entire video is about a truck driver that competes in arm wrestling competitions. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. It's it's are, there scor are there scorpions involved? No, there's no scorpion. It shows him driving in his semi-truck with a set of weights between the two seats and this a pulley that he just pulls on while he's driving to strengthen his arm wrestling. Is he over the top? No, oh, yeah. it's not over the does, top. Does he have a baseball hat that he turns around backwards when he arm wrestles? Uh, he does. He does. Well, actually, no, not backwards. I take that back. He, he wears it forward the whole time. He's just a big redneck looking chubby guy with a big beard. Um, if, I mean, this is kind of a tangent for whatever reason. I'm sure there's a reason. I just don't know what it is. He's riding around with this uh, like African-American kid in like a military uniform. I, hmm. I don't know if there's some kind of like theme or story to the videos of this time, but whatever. Anyway, well, in the movie over the top, he has a son that is going on this road trip with him who is in a reform school or a military school or you know something what? or other. Maybe this is a full on reference to over the top. That's probably what it is then. Either That's that or there's what support it is. for child soldiers. Yeah. Cause I, I saw this video for the first time today and I was like, I, I don't get what's going on here. I don't get what this has to do with the song. But you know, I like it, so you know, Very there it is. So when I send out my list, you'll get to enjoy this video as well. Sweet. <laughs>
<laughs> but that being said, it's uh, I don't know. It's just it's it's a it's a upbeat like song. It it kind of I guess kind of like with Walk. It it kind of just sounds like it's about you know shaking off the past and like moving on and it's. Oh, it, it, it's got it's got like the electronic elements are starting to work their way in because they they do a little bit more of the the synthesizer like is peppered in there just just a little bit. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like stumbling over what to say about the song, but that's that's kind of shows not shows, but that kind of explains a little bit of why I like this band so much. Is there's it's kind of like an overload of what is good to me to where I can't really put it so much into words. It's just, there's a lot there that I really enjoy. Sometimes it just boils down to you hear something and the sound is good and it just kind of tickles the inside of your brain and you're like, okay, I like that. So, yeah. but yeah, this, this is a good kind of like cross section of like slice of pie to show what the, the dessert that is Manchester orchestra would taste like. So my, yeah, my number two, this is a song that I had, think maybe in our first tournament i don't know uh anyways it is the the band or artist is gunship and the song is dark all day i was so hoping you were going to put a gunship song in here that raunchy hip grinding saxophone of tim capello in it so Tommy introduced me to, you know, uh, I don't know, this is like, you know, a guy who collaborates with other people, so I feel weird saying band, but artist, whatever. Uh, and it's freaking great, like the, you know, I've talked about the song before, it it is, for me, absolute like, nostalgia feel for that, and it's funny, because I was just like listening to some of his stuff today on YouTube, and I was just kind of like looking at some of the comments and all that, and somebody posted on there, and like, you know what, they're they're pretty spot on, it's like, it's amazing how music inspired by the eighties is better than music created in the eighties. And I'm like, that's a hundred percent it. Like, I don't know. It's, it just, there's something about <laughs> his music. That's just super fun. And I was talking to my little brother about it and I even made a playlist on Spotify for him and I to like put stuff on. Uh, and I called it Aladdin's castle because Aladdin's castle is or was the name of the arcade that we went to oh. back in the day at the Eastgate Mall. And I mean, that is childhood 100 percent. So like just listening to that music, there's something about it like just as like it's an arcade full of arcade machines. And it's just 
so good and freaking fun. And on top of that, like this song in particular, like the content being about vampires and directly referencing the Lost Boys, which is a great movie. Uh, and the video itself is freaking killer because it's all these vampire references mashed into one with all these 80s references of 80s action movies and all that. And it's super cool. But yeah, th- so that's a newer-ish band that I've gotten into. Uh, and I pretty much just love all of his stuff. And this one is my favorite of his songs. So that's why I picked it. I will say real quick that your introduction of gunship to the group through this podcast is at least for my understanding for myself and from what has been said by everybody else on the podcast kind of toes the line with Josh's introduction of Sturgill Simpson to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I am, I am obsessed with, with gunship at this point. I, th- there have been several times where getting into the shower, I'll throw a playlist on, Spotify, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go with the gunship playlist this yeah. time. So it's, thank you for yeah, that. No problem. No, it, well, when you were saying, you know, just a moment ago about like, you know, you listen to it and just things fire off in, in your, in your head. I mean, that's a hundred percent how I felt the first time listening to um, gunship and Sturgill as well. I mean, he's on my list later on and it's because of Josh. Cause you know, it's, it's one of those moments and you don't get that often, I guess, especially once you get older, I guess, is for the sheer reason of, you know, you've been alive longer and you've listened to more shit. But like, you know, it's, there's actually or, a you know, scientific reason for that, too. No, I, I totally believe it because you just you're, you hear more and you're around it more like, you know, going back to, um, you know, when I mentioned White Zombie and I was thinking about like White Zombie slash Rob Zombie. Um, and I picked the song Electric Head Part One, The Agony, and that's the first song on Astro Creep 2000. I mean, I remember listening to that on my friend uh, Jesse's tape. He bought a tape of it, and we we're like, oh shit, man, he just bought this tape, and it's like hardcore because, you know, there's like this taboo band and everything. And it starts out with, you know, Peter Cushing from the movie Curse of Frankenstein. Uh, no, it's not him. It's another actor. But Peter Cushing was in that movie, like, because he is including these clips from old horror movies, and it's like creepy as hell. And you're like, you know, that's my first vivid memory of listening to a song that creeped me out, but then fascinated me at the same time. So then later on, you're like, eh, whatever. I'm old and bitter, and I don't like anything new. But then when you hear something new, like Gunship for me and Nick, and you're saying and like Sturgill when Josh introduces like holy shit, this is new, and it's really freaking great. Like, I love that I'm getting this dopamine hit of, like, this is freaking awesome. Like, yeah, it was good. Dude, yeah. I'm, I'm with Nick. I'm really glad that you introduced us to Gunship. Um, Technoir is the one that I just play ad nauseum. So nice. good. The video is so good. Yeah. John Carpenter right. at the intro is so good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Okay, um, number three for me, my number three band. So figured between all of us that we're going to do this tonight, including Josh, who um, is taking care of the family tonight. Josh, we love you again. We should have some kind of a thing about faith in there, right? That's one of the reasons we all met. 
one of the things that we still all talk about that we all reference that's a part of all of our lives and so um my favorite band that sings about faith are the uh, sad bastards of christian music jars of clay and so uh yeah i got no dc talk no DC talk. <laughs> I so thought you were going to throw a Limp Biscuit reference in there. Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, was one of the greatest covers of all time, right? <laughs> so I have a playlist on my iPod that is um, the theme song to every WrestleMania that they've done so far. And it's WrestleMania season almost. So I'm kind of getting amped up. So I was listening to it today. So I did hear like two Limp Biscuit songs because they did the oh, theme. I am so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I actually kind of like the song uh, Crack Addict a little bit, so it wasn't awful. You are forgiven. Thank you very much. Speaking of forgiveness, back to Jarvis McCoy. <laughs> nice so, segue. Nice. Yeah, thank you very much. So one of the things that started bothering me about church that I hadn't noticed beforehand, and I'm sure it's just the places that I've been going since in my mid twenties or whatever. I going through different stuff in my life. Like I missed like the pain in songs. Like there's always a lot of praise songs. It seems like at the churches I go to and that's fine. I have nothing against that. I'm happy that people get things out of that, but I usually don't. Um, sometimes I do, but I, I miss like the pain. I miss the heartache. I sometimes miss depressing old hymns. And so Jars of Clay is a great band to kind of make up for that. They have a lot of lamentations and their songs. Yeah. And like me, not always liking praise songs. That's like a stupid and weird thing that I've never heard. I don't know of anyone else that feels that way. It's just me being dumb. So don't take it personally. It's just my stupid stuff. But um, yeah, I, I could see where you come from with that. So. My favorite Jars of Clay song I'm not using here because I'm saving that for our next Deep Cuts thing, and you guys are going to love it. So I picked my second favorite one. It's called The Edge of Water. And um, essentially one of the verses that I've kind of been carrying with me for the last five years or so, especially going through the miscarriages, is I will call my people Israel for it is here that you wrestled with God. And so... Israel literally translates to wrestling with God. And so one of the exercises I've been doing for the last few years when I go through the Bible is um, kind of looking at like what it doesn't say. Because if you're writing something down, if you're committing it to memory, if, if it were in the old days, you know, it could be anything. When the verse says, I will call my people Israel for it to that you wrestle with God, you know, it's not, and I will call my people faithful, and I will call my people the undoubting, and I will call my people the morally upright, I will, any of those things, it's, I will call my people the ones that wrestle with God, and so the wrestling implies that it is this difficult thing to do that can go back and forth, it can be a struggle, and um, so Jars of Clay really lean into that with several of their songs, The Edge of the Water is this very moody. Uh, it's not as moody as the other one, but it's a very moody song. And the first lines are, have you ever been haunted the way I've been by you? 
have you ever felt the measure of the days I've spent waiting and pining for you? I can't tell the sun from the daylight. I can't tell your breath from the wind, but I don't want to step from these shadows until you're coming back again. Um, it's a great song. Um, it, I love the idea of like, you believe in God, you believe it's there and that it's worth having and that it does a lot for you, but it's really hard to resolve sometimes. Um, as far as, I don't know, I don't know, there's entire <laughs> books in the Bible that just crying out to God saying WTF, um, chapters in the Bible. <clears throat> Well, yeah, so, yeah, and I and I, I take comfort in knowing that there is an allowance to be that way uh, and feel that way. And I think about the, um, I mean, what you're hitting on, I think is really poignant. If you don't mind me jumping in, like, Please, yeah. you know, it, it, it's good to have like the positive, upbeat songs. But then, if you're in a place or you know. I hate using like the churchy word season of like, you know, uh, of I can I connect it with as being that dad uh, that asked Jesus to heal his daughter. And basically his response was like, I, I believe, but help my disbelief. And I think everyone at some point finds their place themselves in a in a place like that. I know I have like frequently. Yeah. And and it's and I think that's an awesome thing that there's an allowance for that. You know, of course people twist it like, well, if you if you're not happy, clappy Christian all the time, then you just don't believe hard enough, which I think is a, an abusive train of thought because then yeah, people are struggling with that. They're like, well, I guess I, I'm not doing this right enough. And then it, it turns bad, you know, they turn away from it or whatever else. But yeah, and I can't remember where I heard this or who even said it, but then it stuck with me. But they're like, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to look it up because I think I think your your boy Bono said this. But I'm going to look it up yeah. to see if I'm right, because I could be full of crap. Uh, but the idea that like he always felt that this person who said it, possibly Bono, I'm going to look to check myself, uh, stated that he felt that Christian music should be really sung more like the blues than anything else. And I'm like, yeah, that that fits. That that feels about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bono also, by the way, a Jars of Clay fan. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, and we'll talk about Bono more in a bit. But yeah, so anyway, that is what? my... <laughs> That's my third. That's my number three. Uh, Nick, over to you, man. All oh, right. Do you, so... do you, I, I'm sorry, oh. Nick, before you get started, I found that oh, quote. Please. Oh, cool, yeah. Here. Uh, so here, here it is. So it says, what's so powerful about the Psalms are, as well as there being gospel and songs of praise, they are also the blues. It's very important for Christians to be honest with God, which often, you know, God is much more interested in who you are than who you want to be. So not maybe directly what I had said, but that's, that's it. So I think that's good. 
Do that close. Yeah, and that last thought, God's a lot more interested in who you are, not who you want to be. Fantastic. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to sermon on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Nick, number three, man. All right, so let's just uh, take a short swim out of the deep end, and we'll go right back into the shallow end. So, <laughs> so my third uh, pick um, is the White Stripes, which I have submitted several times before. Um, this is the one band on my list that I have not seen in concert, and unfortunately, barring some miracle from heaven, will never get the chance to because I don't ever see them getting back together. So, you know, whatever. Um, but the song that I chose was Seven Nation Army, which it's it's kind of like... Fell in love with a girl was their the song that kind of broke them out to like wide renown. Seven Nation Army was the one that kind of like cemented them to like okay, this is not just some kind of quirky one hit wonder. This is something to pay attention to. Um, it's it's got the like heavy amount of drum to it. It's got the the uh, reference before the dirty guitar. It's heavy on the bass it's it's a very like beat heavy song like it, it's one that i know i know shows up on a lot of those lame like the like the workout playlists or the like how they used to have back in college the jock rock albums that kind of yeah. stuff um so there's there's that element to it but it's it's just a really good representation of of what most of their music is. It's just really basic, but it it weighs heavy on like the beat and the guitar and just the loudness and and un- I don't like to say unpolished because it's obviously they put a lot of work into it, but it just sounds like probably like the the best band to ever graduate from being a garage band, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah, that's kind of always how I've taken them. And I know Jack white has gotten a lot more into like blues rock, uh, as he's gone out on his own and everything, but you can hear like a little bit of the blues influence in there too, which I've always kind of enjoyed in, in this kind of Detroit style rock music. That is that is my submission for the White Stripes. Cool. Dude, Seven Nation Army 2, I would argue that not, you know, my personal take, I, I love that song, so I'm just saying, like, there have been a lot of rock songs I've liked since then, but as far as, like, what's popular, what sort of part of the quote-unquote cultural dialogue in our country, that's one of the last great rock songs. Uh, there haven't been many in the last decade. And Seven Nation Army came right before that whole, like, rock and roll is kind of dead type of yeah. mindset, right? 
um, original. Yeah, That's and it was. Yeah, yeah, it totally it was totally fresh. And it, if that song came out today, it would still be just as good of a hit because it doesn't sound dated. It was oh, different, you know. Absolutely, it's like its own thing. Yeah. I mean, you have you have bands that have tried to. And I'll tread lightly on this because I am a I am also a fan of the Black Keys, but there there's the don't tread lightly, step on it. <laughs> well, there's the teams of people that are like <laughs> Team White Stripes or Team Black Keys, that kind of deal, which is yeah. totally stupid. You can like both bands, whatever. Then but you have to pick one, pick. <laughs> well, then I pick the White Stripes. Damn it. Okay. Um, Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, they for right or wrong, I know that I know that the Black Keys were working on their music, and they were they've been around just about as long, if not longer, than the White Stripes. But since the White Stripes broke first, you can hear the influence of the White Stripes in the Black Keys. It's it's a similar style, and they they diverge, of course. But then you also have a band like Little Hurricane, which I've used on podcasts before, which is another like duet, like um, in in this case, like male frontman, female drummer, just like the White Stripes, and they diverge a little bit because they have like kind of the the country influence, like more southern influence, but it's still it's there. You hear the it's very drum heavy. It's very focused on like the loud, um, gritty sounding guitar, and that's attributed straight to the White Stripes because whether the other bands were copying off them or not, they were first. So they kind of set the precedent and the touchstone, and other bands just kind of like ran with it. That's good. Yeah. Okay, Bill. You're number three. All right, where are we at? So I gave you one, two, three. Oh, cool. All right. All right, so um, going with what Nick said about the whole gunship Sturgill thing. So I'm going with Sturgill Simpson, and that's all Josh sharing him on our, I think it was our first, very first uh, tournament. And it was one of those deals listening to is like, holy crap, I love this, and I wasn't expecting to love this. And it's really funny because uh, I don't cannot remember how this conversation started or why my friend would have said this when we were younger. But I had a friend from high school and we were hanging out sometime after high school and he was listening to some country music and I was like giving him shit for it. And he's like, watch, I bet you when you're like 40 or something, you'll start listening to some sort of country music. And I think of him every time I'm listening to this, I'm like, OK, this is my version of that. Because uh, this is it's so good. And his album, Sound and Fury, uh, they did a Netflix like anime movie of it that's kind of like very much like Pink Floyd The Wall. That's like just the album put to these really awesome like music videos that kind of tell a story and everything. Super cool. I've listened to that album more in the last year than any other album. Super great. Strangely enough, though, the song I'm picking is not off that album. So the song I'm picking is Some Days, and it's a pretty good straight up like country song, kind of bemoaning that life sucks sometimes. And 
like James, what you were saying about um, the band you're saying you're glad you grew up less than Jake. Is that yeah, who yeah. You okay, yeah, yeah. So it's like I feel like this song is very much like good to have at this point right now. So like some of the lyrics. So you know, like one of the things is like I'm getting pretty tired of the state things are in. Sometimes I feel like cutting a vein and just watching it bleed. Which is kind of like you just fed up with stuff and everything, whatever. And then it goes on, and there's the the lines, of the chorus. It goes like, "Some days you kill it, and some days you just choke. Some days you blast off, and some days you just smoke." Which is kind of a good acknowledgement. It's like it's not bad all the time. Some days you kill it. Some days you kill it. Some days it just blows up in your face and it sucks. But then more, in uh, more directly, um, let's see. I'm trying to find. The lyrics, I'm sorry. Dead space, dead space. Uh, the line that was poignant for me in the last year was, everyone says they'll be there, but in the end, y'all know they won't. Uh, because last year, I had two significant relationships uh, come to an end uh, for different reasons. And it felt very much like, okay, so these are two different people who at one point or another had claimed of we'll, we'll be there till the end. And then something pops up and it's like, okay, obviously you won't. So, you know, thankfully I have many more examples to the contrary of that, but that line hit me for those two reasons. And it's just a great song because he's just a great artist. And that's, that's the one I picked it. Some days you blast off, some days you just smoke. Well, maybe I do, and maybe I don't. Everybody says to be there, but in the end, y'all know they won't. No, that's really good. Once your daughters are done being teenagers, they'll talk to you again. It's okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I joke around with them about that. I'm like, I just got to enjoy this time we've got now because it's just a matter of time before you guys start hating me. <laughs> They're like, no, stop you cuddling at 13, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. Well, it's funny because I I actually eased up on that joking because there was one night one of my daughters was having a really hard time, and she called Andrea up and everything. And I'm like, what's going on and everything? I'm like, she's up there crying because she doesn't want to be that age and she doesn't want to hate you. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to ease up on that joke because here she is thinking that it's an inevitability that's going to happen and she doesn't want it to happen. So now she's can't get to sleep because I've convinced her that this awful thing's going to happen is like, oh, shit. Oh, so I adorable. went up and I'm like, I'm like, I'm just joking. We, that will never happen. I know. Well, you know, that, you know, big prolonged, uh, you know, Danny Tanner, rest in peace, dad speech of like, look, dude, blah, 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 you know. But yeah, it's like, <laughs> all right, ease up on joking if your daughter's hating Before we go into round four, anything you guys want to talk about? I'm good. You mean you're actually yep. setting this up for another tangent? Well, <laughs> I'm inviting. Are, are you like a sadomasochist, James? What's going on here? Well, I mean, Book of Boba Fett's going on. We talked about it before we started <laughs> recording. Mm-hmm. We could go back into it. 
whatever they're setting up in episode three will probably have been revealed by the time that we release this. Yes, but Bill's not allowed to say because I will reach through the microphone and choke him. It's true. I don't want to spoil it. I've done it before. (laughs) Bill St. Nicholas, not going to happen. Yeah. It's so it's weird. Uh, I I mean, I'll jump in on that real quick and I will say this like, um, well, well, Nick and I, you and I were talking about this at Christmas as a family thing that, um, you know, the, the newer trilogy. So seven, eight, nine is, is good. It has its points. You know, there's some really killer scenes like, you know, the whole Ray rising, at the end of nine is like one of the best star Wars scenes of all time. And yet every, with every episode of like when Mandalorian was coming out and with every episode of Boba Fett, it's really difficult because it almost shoves them down deeper in the ranking. Cause that shit's so good. And you can't help but think like you could have been giving us this the whole time. Yeah. And you gave us 20 minutes of a freaking casino planet. And, like, a dialogue of, like, who really is the bad guys when they're talking about, like, the arms dealer selling to the Rebellion in the First Order. Like, come on. Cut the shit. (laughs) Give me. Give me more huts. Give me more. You know, that that type of thing. Like, it's, I don't, (laughs) you know, and, and I gave, you know, when Nick and I were talking about, like, the analogy of, like, you go to a restaurant and you get, like, three decent meals but then you finally get a string of like truly excellent meals and you think like shit you could have been making this the whole time and you gave me that slop before why in the hell were you I, giving me the good stuff the whole time through like i, here, I here's the, disagree with this tremendously but oh yeah <laughs> i i understand i understand what you're saying yeah it, and to like, I I didn't think of this when we were talking about this, but to to go with your analogy that you just made about the restaurant, it's because the restaurant got a new chef. Well, and that's so, it, right? And, and the, the yeah. meals the meals were good. still good, but man, yeah. they could have been a lot better. Well, and in in that, like, and this is not a knock on J.J. Abrams. It is a knock on you know what's his face because you know he screwed everything up. Ryan Johnson. Yeah. But the the difficulty with making a series of movies is that unlike TV shows, you don't have a showrunner. You have the studio that you have to report back to, and the studio is not concerned with storyline. They're concerned with bottom line. Right, right. So that's why, like, 7, 8, 9 were so, like <sighs> – almost schizophrenic is the best way for me to put it is that right. the, the storyline was not, not linear. It, no, well not that linear is the wrong word, but it, it, it jumped all over the place. No, of yeah, changing. Linear, linear is a good word for it yeah. I mean, because the whole, I mean, it, and, and they didn't even need, in my opinion, they wouldn't have even needed to have done huge. I don't know. Major changes. I mean, for one, like, they didn't do anything with the character of Finn, mm-hmm. which is a huge waste. That yep. could have been really cool. But, I mean, just a small thing at the very end. Like, if yeah. you think about, like, uh, whatever salt crystal planet they were on at the end, and they're, like, mm-hmm. sending out the transmission. 
Like, it would have been so freaking cool if they got a transmission back. They get all excited because they think someone's going to help them. But it ends up being a transmission from the Emperor. So, like, leave us on that cliffhanger in the movie. Yeah. You know, just don't try to cram it in in the crawl of, like, oh, the Emperor's back. Yeah, because, like, with... I love that the Emperor is back. I freaking love skeleton hanging off a metal robot arm Emperor. It was freaking cool. But the lead-up to it would have been... It's kind of like this, like... What Marvel did with Thanos was super great. Because they they stretched it out. Mm -hmm. And you could say, you know, money reasons, obviously. But they... I think in the writing, they realized, like... Thanos is a big enough character. We just can't shove him into one movie. And that was the mistake they did with Apocalypse in the X-Men movies where they're like, Oh, we just need to, we need Apocalypse in one movie. Here's Apocalypse. Now he's gone when they should have, they should have had the, the stretch out of like the buildup of like, Oh shit, it's Apocalypse. Here he is. Finally, you know, they could have done that with the emperor and that would have been way cool. You know? So James, yeah. what were you going to say? Like, what, what's your, what's your thought on all that? Oh, I, so the final three, I don't really have one. I just, you know, you said like the final three movies were good and honestly, they're my favorite ones. Um, I think they're insanely entertaining. I, I thought the Mandalorian was great. Um, so I don't want to, I'm not going to talk bad about the Mandalorian. It was great. Tonally, I think I liked the final three movies more just because I thought they felt more fun. Yeah. Quote unquote. Like, The Mandalorian mm-hmm. was a little bit more drama. And there's nothing bad with that. There's nothing wrong with that. They're just different vehicles. Right. So when I, so the whole, like, I respectfully disagree thing. So it's like, I can totally get that viewpoint. It's just... Yeah. If there are any people who feel like me listening, that's not universally shared by the podcast. <laughs> I, I will totally agree. <laughs> that like not reflect... <laughs> yeah. The, the, the fun quotient in, the, in those three movies does exceed... Uh, the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Um, but as far as cohesiveness of the storyline goes, like Dude, with, yeah. with, um, oh crap, John Favreau. Yeah. John Favreau basically running the show and pulling the strings with Dave Filoni, both these huge Star Wars nerds that are like obsessed with Star Wars. They're, it's like it's their baby. It's they they yeah. want to tie everything through, and with it being a series, you kind of have to. You're more beholden to that continuous storyline as opposed to being a set of, even though in trilogy format, separate movies. Um, right. And this is you know I don't I don't obviously know Kathleen Kennedy personally, but it to me it seems like as the runner of Star Wars in the theatrical form. She's more of a like hands off until you do something she doesn't like because, you know, they've gone through their share of directors. But like you have Kevin Feige with Marvel, he's very much more hands on. He's very involved in like, let's tie all this together. Let's make this all be this shared universe of this this mythology that we're making. Whereas with the Star Wars movies, it was more like, okay, I'm going to set up this appetizer and then, you know, let's fire the sh- – not fire the chef, but the chef's going to move on to something else. And then we have a new chef coming in and he's going to be like, no, I, I want to change this to a Japanese fusion restaurant now. So right. here we're going to do this. 
Because that and will then, subvert everybody's expectations. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. and then he leaves, and then they rehire the original chef. He's like, oh, gosh, they left so much of a mess here. Let's clean all this up and like make sure right. we get all of our old clientele back. And Kathleen Kennedy's sitting over there in the corner. I'm like, man, I'm just collecting a check. Do what you got to do. Right. So, uh, yeah. Floating through I space, get, do it. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Fine. You know, no problem. Kill off Admiral Akbar and not even care. Do yeah. it. Ugh, of course. Have the whole, like, lame, like, kissing scene. Oh, who are they? Who's she going to be with? Oh, it's going to be Kylo and Ray. Ta-da! No one saw that coming. Man, you know Whatever. what? I, yeah. I, as much as I, so it's, it's weird, and I know we've talked about this before, but, like, just the fun experience of seeing this in a movie so, like, if if I had watched that movie and that scene under any other circumstance, I would have hated it. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, that makes no fucking sense that she would kiss him. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, have endearing, whatever. But the fact that I saw it in a crowded movie theater and there was a teenage girl who was losing her shit down at oh, the gosh. end of the aisle at that scene, uh-huh. I was so happy for her. Okay. Yeah. She yeah. was losing her mind. Like this girl, That's awesome. like she's amazing. And I don't even know her because she yeah. went through every human emotion. That's awesome. In the scope of that movie. Like when I mean, Han Solo showed up as a ghost, mm-hmm. she kicked her popcorn bucket. She, she had like some That's bodily awesome. spasm. <laughs> so you you should have pulled she, your phone up and recorded her oh the entire God. time. I should have like, because she went, like, and I think within that space of, like, Ray being dead and Ben holding her and them kissing, like, she must have had a stroke after that movie because she, <laughs> she like, it was, it was every, everything was happening at once. And I was just so happy for her. I'm like, that's awesome. She is having the movie experience of her life right now. So every time I see that scene, I'm like, yeah. I roll. And there's, like, yep. some funny cartoon making fun of, like, that scene and how, like, Finn is the good guy the whole time through and just no one cares. But yep. she's going to kill – she's going to kiss a homicidal maniac who's yeah. murdered thousands right. of people. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that girl redeemed that scene, but – James, that's kind of like that video that you've shared out and talked to before of that, that girl's reaction to Darth Vader showing up at the end of Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. That's like just seeing like her reacting to that is just like it's it's like honey and tea. It's it's so wonderful. Well, and see, and that's the thing at the at the root of it. And I think that's what killed like a vast portion of um oh shit, what is it? Last Jedi. Is that it? Yeah, Last Jedi for yeah. me. Is that at the root of it, and this is what annoys me about like the Star Wars nerds who just don't like anything at all. It's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's just right. supposed to be fucking fun. That's it. So like this is where I edge on not wanting to sound like a freaking right wing a hole about stuff. But that's what it kind of annoyed me. It's just like don't bring in social messages to Star Wars, please. Like. Let's just have it be fun. Like, let's not have this whole, like, 
like, like I referenced earlier, like the whole like, well, who is the good guy and who is the bad guy? When they were talking about the arms dealer who was selling weapons to the both sides, obviously one side is bad. Like, are you are you trying right. to imply <laughs> that the rebellion and the first order are equally equal? Like, yeah, what are you talking about? And like, I totally agree with you that. You know, like, and and because I think part of it is like. Star Wars, yeah, it has the messages in there without them being like, message, message, er, 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 shove it in your face. Like, and the whole thing they did with Luke still pisses me off. Like, I don't, yep. and it's not so much like Luke going away to be a hermit, but the fact that Luke would try to kill Ben is complete bullcrap. And I think well, the I fact that he even that, pissed off Mark Hamill, I mean, come on. Right. He never yeah, tried he, to kill Ben. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's just stuff like that. It's just like, guys, yeah, it can have a deeper message, but like... Luke you know, never tried to kill Ben. <laughs> no, he did, though. Because he sensed the dark side in him, and he showed up in his, like, little dormitory room and tried to kill him, but then stopped he, before he did. Yeah, he changed his mind. That doesn't count, right? <laughs> You're right, right, right. You know, but like, and, and that and that part never bothered me so much until I saw somebody point out online, like, you know, so Luke goes the whole time with Vader saying, I'm not going to strike you down. There's still good in you. And he's like, oh, shit, I got to kill my nephew. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, I don't know. So it's just, I don't know. It's It's the whole thing of, like, you can tell a huge difference between a storyline of something when a fan of that storyline is a part of it and mm-hmm. when they're not. And, yep. you know, that's, you know. Yeah. So if I gather from what you're saying, are you saying that you theorize that uh, Ryan Johnson was not a fan of Star Wars, that he was just taking a job? Yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's the thing, too, that I think is so great about Boba Fett and um oh shit mandalorian is that they they have all these great nods and they have all these great like fan service moments without it being cheap fan service and i say that as a fan of cheap fan service because i also like to eat at white castle but i also like to have a nice fancy burger too sometimes so yeah Right, and yeah. I mean, they they still have the fun in there. I mean, the whole crate monster part that was so fun. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. Oh, the uh, part good. where the stormtroopers are like target shooting at cans and they can't hit anything. Yes, <laughs> yes. Good, like, they have good nods, you know. Oh gosh, yes. James, are how far are you into? Okay, so remind me, guys, how far are you guys into Boba Fett? I know Nick, uh, you I'm, haven't watched the third one yet. Yeah, I'm two episodes in. Okay, I'm James is gonna hold off until they're until they've all aired and then marathon so can it. Binge them. Oh, nice! Yeah, sweet. That's nice. Good, good. There's some there's some fun fun little nuggets in there. Mm-hmm. Also, when I do, I'm gonna need to talk to you too because I got so much more out of the Mandalorian after speaking to you two and like getting all these references that they do in it. Oh yeah. So yeah. So I will. You guys I, my star wars enjoyment of course i and i mentioned this to bill when we were having this conversation but i will also highly suggest this youtube channel called new rock stars i started watching they, that nick yeah, his stuff is really good oh my gosh yes they do yeah. breakdown videos of like the big like nerd properties of like marvel and star wars and like all that kind of stuff 
And so with Mandalorian and with Book of Boba Fett, anything serialized, they do an episode-by-episode breakdown. So each time there's a new episode of the Book of Boba Fett, like within a day or two, you can expect a breakdown video from New Rockstars to be posted just on that episode. And they're usually like somewhere like 15, 20 minutes long, and it goes into everything they can possibly pull out. Like the 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 host of it, he even like he has learned Arabesh, which is the the Star Wars writing, and so he will go in and even translate all the like little writing figures that he can see on everything, and it's just it sounds like super like nerdy intense, but it is so fun too. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is really good. Like they he pointed out some really cool stuff in like the second episode and everything else and it's like man it's so good i just love oh, yeah. the attention to detail and and what's so great about it is that they're pulling from everywhere so they're pulling from it's so it's new content they're pulling mm-hmm. from comic books they're pulling from old comic books they're pulling from old novelizations yep um it's so so great so great yep and I, I love that they kept with the theme of at the end of the episodes through the credits having the the like themed uh, drawings or like artwork that to look like the concept art from the original like Star Wars movies. Yeah, that's, okay. that's really fun too. So here's the so here's the uh, here I just thought of this where it's like you know with the what I feel like like Last Jedi was in comparison to these shows and everything was um, like, Oh, we're going to give you something new and kind of crap over the old star Wars. Cause we want to give you something new mm-hmm. and to hell with the old stuff versus we want to give you, we want to give you new stuff while like, like respecting and paying homage to the old stuff as well right. without just being cheap, you know, I don't know. It's good. Yeah. Um, all right, so that was a good side tangent. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, oh, I'm very curious like how this episode's gonna the, gonna turn out. Right, right. <laughs> so anyway, that's why I like my number four band, U2. Um, <laughs> have to title this episode "The Five Stages of Schizophrenia." Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Nick, you want to go? Alrighty, so let's see here. So my number, th- we're on four. I'm on my fourth. Okay. Woo! Wait. One, two, three. Wait, James. So you're just gonna do that for your fourth, and that's it? <laughs> I mean, I could. It. It's you two. I love you two. I've liked them since I was like seven years old. Um, I picked the song "Numb" because. It's from my second favorite U2 album, and um, it's. I wanted to put an alternative song on here because I really like alternative music. Numb is, if you don't remember it, it's the weird song where Edge is just 
talking for about four minutes and then Bono will pop up every minute and a half or so and start doing the falsetto that he does at the end of With or Without You. It's great. It's a great song. And the video is just Edge staring at the screen. It's all strange. It's all good. It's so freaking good. What a great song. Love Numb. Love You Too. I also, like Nick mentioned before, how Manchester Orchestra is a band that sounds different as they go, kind of, as they progress in their career, right? I love it when bands do that. U2 is known in, like, their band circles for essentially every phase of the band will last, like, three albums. I love U2. I think they're super interesting. And shout out, because we just went as a family to see the movie Sing 2 recently. Pretty fun movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Bono is in Sing 2. He's like this old musician who's grieving his dead wife. And um, they do three. What animal is he? He's a lion. Oh, cool. Yeah. He's a lion, yeah. Oh, come on. Of course he is. Missed opportunity. He should have been a fly. (laughs) Ah, that would have been great. (laughs) What the hell were they thinking? Come on. Missed opportunity. Right there. Because, like, two people would have gotten the joke. But it would have been good for those two people. Would have been a good joke, yes. Those two yeah. people would have been you and James. Right. <laughs> there and you I go. only know that because of James. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's all I'll say for you two. Um, Nick, what about you? So kind of with what Bill had said earlier of pulling from a band that I've I've loved for a long time. It's like this is more of a nostalgia pick than anything. I mean, I still do really like this band, but I don't know that I would put them in my top five anymore. But they were very formative to my taste in music. We'll put it that Aqua. way. <laughs> you wish and <laughs> bite me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I will be the dissenting vote on this podcast for the band Aqua. There we go. <laughs> So finally, I, we have the majority here. <laughs> there <Yeah>. you go. <laughs> yeah. The number you can finally great. declare victory. <laughs> All it took was ushering the Heiser twins off the podcast. <laughs> you cheaters. <laughs> well, Joe's yeah. been an Aqua appreciator. To be fair, he's like some Aqua. <laughs> oh gosh, don't sully his good name. Son of a bitch. Anyway, so I went with Metallica. Nice. Um, Metallica has... Um, Never heard of them. What kind of band are they? So, sorry, I mispronounced. It's Metallica. Um, so you might know them by that name. They are a Jewish polka band um, <laughs> based out of Pismo Beach. Um, yeah, Heavily so... inspired by the Riling Tones. Exactly. Yeah. Graceless lady, yeah. You know who I am. Um, but they are a band that's also kind of, well, I don't want to say hard to pin down on the style, but like James, you said with you too, Metallica has phases in their music. Um, interestingly enough, the phases often coincide with the length of their hair. So. Mm-hmm. They had their speed metal phase um, in the early 80s. Then they kind of morphed a little bit more into the traditional metal. Well, not really traditional because at the time you had all the hair bands and everything. But it was it was like 
like hard rock um, of well, that's still not even a good you know what I'm getting at. But it was like well, have, it was like thrash metal in the time thrash. period of like Twisted Sister glam rock. Exactly. Yeah. So so what would have been considered thrash metal at that time now we would consider just basic heavy metal. Um and then you have Load and Reload come out, which that's when like your your old school fans are like, oh no, that's not my Metallica. That's you know, that's this whole new thing. That's you know, they cut their hair off, they change their music. That's it's not my Metallica anymore. Blah 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 blah. Then you go through that, and then Jason Newstead goes out, and Robert Trujillo comes in, or is it Robert? Anyway, Trujillo, whatever his first name is, um, comes in. And they kind of tap a little bit back into their their thrash metal again, um, and I'm, I'm honestly I'm not as familiar with their more recent stuff as I am with their older stuff. So I've I've not become one of those guys that were like, oh no, they they did something with their hair. They're not the same band. It's just more of a I just I lost track. But with that, trying to find a song to pin down. What if you say, okay, what is the essence of Metallica? I just went personally and was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go of the albums I'm familiar with. Let's fall somewhere in the middle. And so I went with a track off Ride the Lightning and I went with For Whom the Bell Tolls. Oh, nice. Awesome. And good. Good stuff. Good. So For Whom the Bell Tolls is. It's to me is quintessential Metallica. It's it's a dark, moody song. Um, it starts off with that that epic like chiming of the bell, which anytime that that so, that bell starts to play, you always have to listen for how many bell strikes it is to determine okay is this Metallica or is this ACDC. <laughs> and so if it hits that right number of bell strikes, you're like okay it's Metallica because no knocks against ACDC. I like that song as well, but this one of the two is my favorite. Um, but Metallica is also kind of semi-famous for their lyrics not really having a point. It's the song, the music is written first, and then they just kind of put the words to it, and then if a meaning comes out, great. For someone that doesn't pay that close of attention to lyrics anyway, that that's kind of comforting to me. It's like I don't have to try and figure out what this is about because honestly, it's not really about anything. So you know, great. I don't know. It's just, it's such a good song. It's it's I mean, it's timeless. It's it's not gotten dated. It's it's like the band. They are like you can look at bands like the Rolling Stones or like the who and stuff like that. And if they were like pink Floyd, if they do a tour now, it's like, it's a nostalgia thing. It's like the people that saw them back in the sixties are like going to, you know, be able to sit down and like sip like a long Island iced tea while like listening to them play. Metallica is not a nostalgia tour. It's they're still doing their thing. They're still coming up with new stuff. So and it's really good. Like, yeah, I, I, mean, I keep telling myself I need to go back and start with Saint Anger and familiarize myself with the newer albums. I I know a few things off of there, but for whatever reason, I just lost track. Um, yeah, just skip that. It goes straight to Hardwired for self destruction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so death magnetic. You know, thoughts on death magnetic. 
I honestly, I have never, I, I've never listened to that album because huh, I, okay. I hated St. Anger so much. I'm like, I don't even care. I don't want to listen to the next one, <laughs> which is weird. So, and yeah. see that this, this, you know, sound like follower syndrome, but that may be where my, my losing track had happened. Cause I yeah. remember you so passionately going on and on about how much you hated St. Anger and why it was a shit album and like <clears throat> the, like just not liking it at all. And I thought, okay, well, you know, Bill doesn't like it. Then it's probably not worth my time moving on. Yeah. So we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll give them another, another listen, but if I were to, if an alien were to land in my front yard and were to specifically ask me, what is this band Metallica that we keep hearing piped into outer space? Familiarize me with this band. This is the song I would play for them. Yeah, nice. Good one. Which I guess if they were getting Metallica piped into outer space, they'd already be familiar. But, you know. I just I needed but good if analogy. They're making, I failed, if they're just so making polite conversation. There you go. We really know already, but we just need to talk to this guy about something. Exactly. So we we need right. to distract you while you talk, so we can insert the anal probe without you objecting. <laughs> right. <laughs> what's the topic? What's the topic that we can put him at ease? Oh, this guy's really clenched up. We got to ease him up a bit. Tell us about Metallica. Bill, do you have another ending to follow you uh, two and Metallica? Yeah, so I, so I'm actually gonna because I was I don't know I I did something weird on my list, but anyways, uh, so yeah, I I had Metallica on my list, and I actually like miscounted, and I only had four instead of five, so I'm gonna, uh, for the sake of not doubling up on a band, I'll I'll skip Metallica and I'll wait, I'll go back to White Zombie that I mentioned wait, so- a little bit. So the elementary school teacher can't count to five? It's true, man. We're fried out. <laughs> I, hey, listen, I'm too busy trying to teach uh, kids how to be socialists and uh, hate America. Exactly. To remember that stuff. So. You, got, you got to teach that critical race theory. I <laughs> know. Uh, it, it's, you know, after you burn so many flags, the fumes just get to you and uh, you just can't handle it anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll just circle back to White Zombie slash Rob Zombie. And I, I still enjoy listening to it every once in a while. Like I was in preparation for this, I was jamming out to Astro Creep 2000, uh, 2000 and um, that album is like, this is such a great freaking album. And I just, it's the crazy rock, um, heavy metal, but most of all, it's the mix of the, like, sound clips from horror movies and that's that's what sold it for me as a band like i liked them but then when i heard enough of them it was like holy crap that's the clip from night of the living dead holy crap that's the clip from this movie and that movie and just you know just even if this is like you don't recognize the movie at first you know it's from an old horror movie uh and it's just 
freaking great. So, um, especially, you know, and I was debating whether or not, cause I hellbilly deluxe when that came out, you know, our first year in college, I was just freaking crazy for it. And it was just, you know, mind numbing awesomeness and just couldn't get enough of like the whole freaking spook show style monster insanity which i'm sad that he's i feel like he's kind of moved away from and he's doing weird stuff i don't like as much but um but yeah the the song electric head part one the agony um which is great you know because like i said it starts out with that really kind of spooky sound clip from the movie curse of frankenstein and it gets into like these creepy organs you know playing and then it just goes nuts and then second song that matches with this one on that album which is electric head part two the ecstasy like the sound clips are amazing it's just like ah so much fun so yeah that that would be my next one is a good i think that one really hits you know love of just absurd halloween everything uh that i think is great so they're on there Halloween, by the way, my two-year-old daughter, that's her favorite holiday. She's still watching Halloween videos. Heck, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Um, so, my number five, to uh, round this out, I had a band, I had a new wave band called The Church. Um, but I thought, uh, really, like, if you get... I don't think like liking new wave music is such a huge part of my personality or anything, right? It's just kind of a thing I like. So, but if you hang out with me inevitably um, at some point, I think every friend I have has watched wrestling with me. So I just went like, thought, I'm just going to pick a random wrestling song. And since the thing I love most about wrestling is WrestleMania, I picked the first um regular wrestlemania theme song which is the one that they use from 1990 <laughs> through 1993 nice yeah so you'll get a clip of that here but um yeah i love wrestlemania season it makes me so happy every year i look forward to it Yeah, I love wrestling. And that's the part of me that's just like that loves fun for the sake of fun, loves random stupidity, the action, the excitement. One of the things I love, and Nick has called me out on this before, is um I love just doing weird things that will involve everybody. One time I remember we were watching like the fourth Indiana Jones movie over Mindy Burke's house. Shout out to Mindy Burke, hey Mindy. And she like went to the bathroom or something. There was like six or seven of us there. And so I got the room to when she came back to just like start bursting out and cheering, stand up, applaud. And then we'd all started chanting her name, I think. <laughs> and Nick was there and he said, 
and Nick, I'm sure you don't remember this, but he says something like, James, this is totally one of your weird things because you just you like to involve everybody just doing something dumb. And I really do. Yes. And I think that's what I love about wrestling. It's like the world's biggest inside joke. You get 16,000 people there and you chant the weird stuff and you laugh at the weird stuff and you boo and you cheer, even though, you know, it's a show and it's a blast. It's so much fun. So I'll just, I, I think that is the most perfect and beautiful description of professional wrestling I've ever heard in my life of just like, a big inside joke that everyone can be a part of. That's so perfect. As Absolutely. an outsider who doesn't, you know, I, I appreciate it to the extent that you are one of my best friends and you love it so much. So I love it because you love it. Uh, that, that makes such perfect sense. Like it is just a fun goofball inside joke that everyone gets to be a part of. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's it. Yeah. Thanks, well man. said. Yeah. All right, Nick, over to you, man. Your number five. My number five. I went with a. This is another band that has kind of been with me since high school, and they they kind of had been on the periphery there for a while, until like I got to to college, and for whatever reason in college I just got more into this band, and. They're they're one of those bands that they they don't evolve. They always kind of to me sound the same, and no, it's not ever clear because you know they do sound the same on everything. Um, but it's Cake, um, nice, and they're just this this weird. Yeah, weird would be the term that I would I would you describe them because I can't really think of any other band like a well-known band that can say that cake is one of their influences. Like they just have their own sound. It's kind of like it, it's rock, but it's like, it's, it's heavily influenced by like Southern Southern rock, but also it's talky rock. He's never really actually singing. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's strange. And but they got the horns uh, in there, which is great. Like, exactly, you got those horns to please yeah. the people that like the brass section, like Bill, without going full ska band. Um, yeah. And outside of the music, they're this. They're just very, you know, they're very social minded, political, like hippie, you know, whatever. Like I, I saw them in concert at uh, the. Uh, oh, crap, was it the Taft? I think it was the yeah. Taft. Um, and it was just such a weird collection of people because I was sitting next to probably this like middle aged like mid fifties couple, and then there was like people smoking like a ton of joints like a row or two ahead of me, like kids like like teenage kids, and it's just they're all over the place. It's like this whole rainbow of people, and I don't know. That's a terrible description, but the weird thing about the concert was they had no, no set, no, no stage set is like just them standing on the stage at the Taft theater with this tree, like a planted tree. And I was like, well, that's just strange. And then at the end of the concert, they raffled off the tree. 
So oh, somebody cool. went to the concert and had to carry out of the Taft Theater this five foot tall potted tree to take oh, that's home. That's cool. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. But yeah, so they're an odd band, but I I thoroughly enjoy them. And I thought the the song to go with my gut reaction was go with the distance. Everybody knows the distance. It's, you know, if you say the band Cake, that's going to be the song that pops into people's heads in most cases. So I thought, okay, that's that's too on the nose. That's too easy. And it's, even though all their stuff sounds the same for the most part, that one is a little bit different, I think. So it's not, I don't think it's fully representative of like what they typically do. So <laughs> what I did is I went with a song that wasn't their song originally. I went with a cover song. So I went with War Picks. Their cover. Oh, nice. Um, I just heard that for the first time a few like a couple days ago. I think, oh my gosh. No, I think it was a couple weeks ago cuz I it was on one of the Spotify mm-hmm. weekly re- release things, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. And I I mean, I am a a sucker for a good or a cover song. Um, I know we did like a full episode on cover songs and James of all people knows my affinity for, for cover songs. And we have traded back and forth cover songs over the years. I have a Spotify playlist that I think at last check was about, I want to say it's getting close to about 36 hours long. Um, Dang, that's cool. Yeah, you share that long, list with us. It's I'm, I may be wrong on the time. I actually let me. I'm probably totally wrong on that oh, time. Oh, here we go. It was an insane amount of time to me. I thought, but let's see here. It was. I'm not gonna be able to find it. But while I'm looking for it, I'll just. I when that song plays, you know right away what song they're playing. Um. And it's just, oh yeah, I was totally off on the time, but still, I'm almost to a full day worth of music. It's 21 hours and 40 minutes, so it's it's still growing. But anyway, um, this song is definitely on that playlist. Obviously, uh, it's you can you can hear the the original song in this, but. You also know immediately, okay, this is Cake doing war picks. It's even if the it wasn't introduced, even if you didn't like put a CD in or play it on Spotify or Pandora or whatever purposefully and it just came on, you would know right away that it's Cake. They just have that sound. And honestly, I love this version of the song even more so than Black Sabbath's version. It's just, it's such a good listen. And everything that was said before about like the, the talk singing, the, it's, it's almost, it's almost like it's kind of trying to be rap without being rap. Um, and then having like the, the horns in there and just the, the guitars and the Southern rock influence. It's yeah, it's, it has like it's a really, a odd like spoken word feel yes like it's less of a song and more of like a spoken word poem that just happens to have horns and a few guitars in the background yes that's a good way of putting it it's it's almost like a poem set to music is 
a good way to describe their music. does this thing where like he'll sing a word like a crooner except mm-hmm. he doesn't croon yes. at all just kind of cool you know yeah like they, they had a song called frank sinatra which was a little there was yeah. a little bit of a crooniness to that but it was still that talk singing the mm-hmm. the only other like band musician whatever that i've ever heard that's been close to that has been um the and if Josh or Joe was on here, they would they would know this right away. But this guy called that goes by l- the listener, um, which that's more. I want to say that's a little bit more rap influence, but it's very much talk singing, and it's it's very but it's very like jarring and like kind of like jagged sounding. It's not as smooth as Cake, um, and Old Me Without You is a little that way as well, but. But cake is just—it's on a whole different level. It's—it's it's, its own thing. So, yeah. War pigs by cake is my final submission. That's good. That's a good pick. Good one. Yeah. All right, Bill. All right. Take so this—this this was our. Uh, this was my. My thought driving home, listening to this song, blowing off some steam because this is so fucking absurd i love it it is no vampires remain in romania by king <laughs> luan Nick, did you get a chance to listen to it? I didn't. I'm looking very oh. much forward to it, though. Okay. Good. It is yeah, up so... there with uh, Werewolves of... Um... of what Romania. was the name of that? Yeah. yeah. Well, the two songs of Romania. <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy, Tommy and I have... My little brother and I, we've talked about many times about um, like self-diagnosing ourselves with Joking, but not joking, with some bizarre form of Tourette's to where, <laughs> uh, like, we have to be careful because when we're, say, for example, we get in our car after work and we're still in the parking lot, our natural impulse is to scream as loud as we can and just say absurd things, either absurd things or vulgar things out loud by ourselves in the car. That's awesome. And we have to be careful because we're still in the parking lot and people can still see us. <laughs> so, and and him and I have, you know, we have a, we've talked about that a lot. So him and I will occasionally text each other with whatever absurd things we were saying in the car by ourselves and crack each other up because we both have a mental illness. <laughs> so apparently... <laughs> 
<laughs> That's amazing. And then, and, and then that will also go into like uh, songs or movies or videos or whatever. So, and I love just the flat out absurd. So the Tim and Eric awesome show, great job. Uh, the show, I think you should leave on Netflix if you haven't watched that. It's freaking great uh, because it's just flat out absurd. It's absurdity. So too many cooks. This song, yeah, too many. Yeah, exactly. Too many cooks. Like, so when Tommy and I share those moments, it is like a mental too many cooks going on in our head. Like, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's just stuff like that. So he texted this song to me. He's like, you know, add this to your file. And it was one of those moments yet again, where it's just like every neuron in my brain was firing off when freaking no vampires remain in Romania popped on. And I'm like, I want this song played at my funeral. I don't care. I will write it in my will that like it will all everything I own will be put into a trust and liquidated if this song is not played at my funeral because it's so freaking good. Because it's so fucking absurd. So I added this on there because of the absurd nature of it. And also for the aspect of I love torturing my daughters with it because it's super catchy. It gets stuck in your head. It will burrow into your brain and never leave. So I will play it and they'll be like, oh, I just got it out of my head. And then like as a dad who has to embarrass his daughters, like I have some really sweet ass dance moves that go with it. Oh, it's nice. so much freaking fun and he has another song uh what is it james you listen to about the no more gnomes in sweden yeah no yeah no gnomes in sweden yeah no gnomes in sweden and that's like holy shit this song is amazing like the line <laughs> it, it, it's like the not so tasty danish like if you listen to the song you'll know about it like it's so freaking good like and the and I looked at the band's <laughs> website, and I'm like, I don't know what the true story is about these people. Like, is this a real band, or are these real people in a fake band being absurd? Like, I it's so good, it's so much fun, and it's just flat out dumb, stupid fun, which I love. The best, and that's why. It, yeah, it was yeah. one of those things where like. You know, I had a moment driving home and things were just feeling a little too heavy, you know, just thinking about shit. And I was like, all right, I need some no vampire, no vampires remain in Romania and just driving my car, acting like a complete spaz. And uh, yeah, it did the trick. That's awesome. So good. So <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. And I love it. I love it so much. So that's that wanted to save that one for last because it's. Truly, I would say the best song off the list. Probably any list I've ever given anybody on this pod podcast of songs. <laughs> like, <it's>, uh, <laughs> this yeah. is high praise. Yeah. Oh, man. So much fun. Yeah. So if oh, I man. pass, if, so if I, if I uh, pass before the two of you, carry out my wishes and have this played at, played my at funeral. your funeral. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make sure to play that as well as White Wine Spritzer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. And, uh, and finish it off with the Skeletor Beastman song. <laughs> oh, no, no, for that, I'm just going to hide one of those, like, 
uh, Bluetooth speakers in your coffin and then just like blast it as loud as can be. So that way they have to like go ahead and lower you prematurely. Yes, yes. <laughs> Get him out of here. Get him out. <laughs> Shut the lid. <laughs> it won't stop. It's on a loop. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> oh, Very man. Cool. Any other random things you guys want to cover before we at least stop recording the episode? <laughs> I was about to say, what tangent do we want to go off on now? So, I mean, we are already at like two hours and 15 minutes, so James is going to have his work cut out for him. Yeah. <laughs> See, we, we're referencing these tangents, but there might be this 45-minute thing that you hear nothing about <laughs> after I edit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, um, unfortunately, they... you forgot to delete that part of it. You just erased it, so it's 45 minutes of silence. Which it's funny, like, and I don't know if this is a possible idea, you know, for anything in the future or whatever. Uh, but there's this podcast I came across that I really, really like. It's called uh, Forever Midnight. And it's three guys who will randomly pick, you know, each each guy gets to turn picking a horror movie and then they'll watch it and then talk about it afterwards. And it's really freaking funny how they talk about stuff and everything. And it's super cool because it's given me a reason to like rewatch some movies. They had an episode that was called Midnight Ramblers. And it was just, it had no specific topic. They, well, they were like kind of rambling on about a few different things. And I'm like, that was kind of fun just to have an episode of just like bullshit rambling with no real purpose or anything. So maybe that's, you know, you can apply that to what we just did with our. 45 minute long talking about Star Wars in the middle of a music thing. I, I would suggest if we do that, that might have to be like our first in-person podcast where we can all get highly caffeinated and just make sure that nobody's starting to nod off because it's too late. Right, right. Heck yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> I hit, I, I'm trying to think of what it was. I Somebody had mentioned something earlier in the podcast and I thought, oh, that would be a cool idea for a future podcast. But then I thought, okay, I'll table it and bring it up later. And now my like old brain has deleted well, the file. I mentioned about anonymously sending in horrible songs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was that. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, that's